and welcome to the Easy Allies podcast. I'll be your moderator, Brandon Jones. Joining me this week, panelists Michael Damiani. Yo. Ian Hank. Yo. And my almost never embarrassed co-moderator, Daniel Bloodworth. I think I said basically I was always embarrassed, but yeah. <laughs> you had to think of an you example of during your Q&A. And you uh, had a when, hard, it's, when it's hard the time. permanent state of things, how do you pick one moment? The Oof, permanent, permanent state of things? state of embarrassment. This feels like the autobiographical <laughs> title of like for yeah. Bloodworth. <laughs> what are you, David let's, Sedaris? Let's try to make Bloodworth really secure with his performance tonight <laughs> mm-hmm. in the Easy Allies podcast. Distinguished guests, we are here to talk about some of the biggest headlines in the world of video games, whether we know anything about them or not. But before we do that, we must answer for all of the mistakes we made in last week's podcast. Daniel Bloodworth, begin corrections music, please. Boop. I've gotten this one before. We should take care when using the word reactionary. I think that was on me. Reactionary, from the French reactionnaire, used in the time of the French Revolution to refer to a person opposing the revolution, as in a person favoring a reaction to the revolution. First known usage in English in a translation of Lazare Carnot's letter on the conspiracy of the 18th Fructidor, published in London in 1799, which you are all familiar with. Wepper Bear on YouTube said, the EU ruling doesn't mean regional pricing is against the law. It's just that you must be able to redeem Steam codes throughout the EU. As an example, it would be no problem to have a Polish website selling cheaper codes and even have the website completely in Polish, but they must make the codes they sell redeemable in other EU countries. Regional pricing might suffer, regional <laughs> pricing might suffer, but the language of the shop being different might still be a reasonable hindrance to quote, just get the Polish version. Talking about geo-blocking and the like. From Ghost Cat, apparently the 2021 PUBG game is for mobile. There's a console and PC game based in the PUBG universe coming in 2022 that is also a continuation of the world that has not been revealed yet. And then there's Callisto Protocol, which is a totally separate thing. So there's a lot of PUBG-ish stuff coming. It is raining really heavily right now on my roof, which I really enjoy. Uh, a lot of people think Resident Evil Village could totally win Goaty, and my descriptor of silly was unwarranted. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree. <laughs> there won't be anything silly in Resident Evil 8. And for those well, wondering... Silly is, is it's good. I'm the same not, You want a little goofiness in your Resident Evil. Does that, does that mean it cannot be game of the year? Yeah, why, why does, why does anything it, have to be so damn serious all the time? Couldn't be. You said couldn't. unlikely, from my perspective. But we'll see. Okay. Like, hey, if Resident like Evil never. wins, Goaty and I eat my words is win-win. So I win both ways. Uh, and for those wondering, because we were looking up stats or reading stats from Love and Respect over how many Ian Hanks there were, how many Daniel Bloodworths there were, Brandon Joneses and Ben Moores in the United States, for those wondering, there is only one Kyle Bossman. And corrections music, please. Boop. Is that true? According to corrections. I think I'm going to look that up. Oh, I, look, I've typed Kyle Bossman into the internet before. You don't. You want to stay away from those words. Try typing Ian Hanks. Hello. Let's start this off on the right note with some good news, something in video games that we can be proud of, a silver lining for this week. From SpongeJ1, Hitman 3 is already profitable. IO Interactive recouped their development cost in under seven days. It's the first full game in the series that was self-published by the studio. Quote, having that focus early on has kept us on a path that we all believed in. Everyone at the studio was behind the vision for the game, and they know the Hitman universe better than anyone. The combination makes us very effective as a publisher because we have our creative and development teams working closely with publishing and marketing throughout the entire project. We need that collaboration because we all want to create a quality product, which I love. 
because it's about marketing. But they're specifically citing that after the fact that we're like, all of our teams working together. This was a, and he, they were on troubled times a little bit. Hitman wanted to had issues in terms of success and uh, especially Hitman one. It was tough. Like with the, um, will there be enough? I remember Huber being so upset like week after week, like is, did one do enough for us to get a two, two did well enough for us to get a three and three was incredibly successful. Yeah. Yeah. I think with like all the publishers shifting and everything that was going on, like, yeah, I think there was a while that, you know, whether it was warranted or not, we just were kind of afraid for IO to be able to keep doing what they do. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's great to see that turn around and, and for them to get the money back that quickly. And the other thing that was crazy to me, you know, when Huber turned that script in, he's like, in 2016, I'm like, 2016 was not that long ago. I know. Yeah. It feels like, like a lot was, longer. Yeah, it was like right around the time that we started that, you know, the first of this trilogy came out. And so just nuts for them to just be like knocking them out that steadily despite all the the changes that happened uh, to their their team. And you mentioned, yeah, that it's a trilogy. So it's the World of Assassination trilogy. They're wrapping it up with this one. They have announced they're working on 007 game. I don't know if it's like the entire team that's just going to take all of that over. But what's the future of Hitman look like? So if this is the end of this trilogy, are they just going to wait until 007's over? Like maybe Insomniac will wait before Spider-Man's over to like do something else or? Well, they support these games for a while. So like there's definitely going to be some mm -hmm. sweet like DLCs and expansions for this. You know, I know that Huber's hoping that uh, um, Sean Bean, the, the whatever <laughs> yeah. he's called, will show back up, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think. They'll definitely keep... This one's got legs for a number of years, you know? Uh, and so the their Bond's going to be a new Bond, which I think like we, we all probably guessed and assumed. Maybe not so much so with Indy. We'll see if they, like, cast a new Indy. But, uh, yeah, they'll have their own Bond. They talked about that this week, so... I Can think that's see good. see what that Bond's going to look like? I think Jones, that... Uh, well, I was just, this is completely random. So you say your thing, Blood. <laughs> oh, I was just thinking that, you know, I think that... Hopefully, Spider-Man has kind of shown the way that, you know, you don't have to tie something in so closely to a film or something else, mm -hmm. you know, to try to replicate that. It's like, no, actually, if you just take the strength of your license and let a game developer do what they're going to do with it, then you can get, you know, a much better product than, you know, trying like to Avengers. fight. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, Jones, before you move on, I was—I just wanted to say, with reactionary, just think of in uh, Big Lebowski after he gets hit in the face with the coffee mug of the fascist right. Malibu po chief of police or whatever. Yeah. Later on, he's describing him to someone else, and he just goes, "Real reactionary." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. I remember that. There are a lot of words and things I directly associate with Lebowski, so I'll just have to, I'll have to add that to the list. Yeah, yeah. If you had told me last week that this week we would be talking about either GameStop or the stock market, I would have doubts. It'd be a stock market. Oh, okay. We'll be interesting to see what happens this week. But GameStop, surely not. Let alone in the same story. And you can see by the expressions of the other three gentlemen I'm on this... <laughs> on this podcast, but they are stoked to talk about this because, man, if there's one thing we love more than games, it is the stock market. Uh, I do <laughs> I do want to talk about this for a second because, first of all, to inform our audience, this was a crazy week. Some crazy stuff happened. Um, it feels like the kind of news that, like, your relatives or friends that don't really game that much message you. Like, did you hear about this, this GameStop thing? 
Um, both my mother and my wife, independent of, you know, focusing specifically on the podcast, send me emails just to let me know that this had happened. Um, and all this information, of course, is going to change every millisecond. So by the time you listen to this tomorrow, this will all have probably changed. And as Damiani pointed out when we talked about this before the podcast, this has absolutely nothing to do with GameStop. Do you want to elaborate on that, Damiani? How this is more about the stock market than the actual company. Yeah. Uh, as far as I understand it, I'm not, one, I'm not, I'm not a financial expert, but as I understand it, the, the, a group of people on Reddit decided to target a specific stock that was going to perform, supposed to perform poorly, and GameStop happened to be that choice. Now, there have been other stocks that have been targeted. So basically, like AMC, and I forget what they've moved on to now. They're on to other ones now, but it Black just because, because GameStop was picked... Right. Every gaming site and their mother is now covering this, even though it's about the Wall, it's about Wall Street, it's about the stock market, mm-hmm. it, it's about the concept of hedge funds and shorting, and it has nothing to actually do with gaming <laughs> in video games, except the name of the stock happens to belong to GameStop. Now, well, and they're they're picking up on like uh, defunct uh, or nearly defunct brands with not a lot of market share, or like like good faith in the or not good faith but things that people aren't bullish on so like that's kind of part of it too yeah well i i mean one of the things i'd read last friday which i don't know how much of it went factored into the things but they i guess uh you know gamestop did get uh a guy from like chewy.com to kind of you know they're they're come in and there's some hope that like he would re-strategize and change like what gamestop is going to do and just you know kind of focus them away from retail and as much uh you know i would have my doubts on how successful they could be since like they would basically be competing with like the playstation store and all of that yeah Uh, Yeah. but that's sort of where there's a little bit of like this is an entirely random but yeah but i mean like the the brass tacks of it and like i was watching a little of the aoc uh stream and I, i would highly recommend if you're very curious about this, um, she was doing a stream with maybe the creator of Reddit. I think it was. And like, yeah, and, and like them. some other stock market, like knowledgeable people. Like, and as Damiani said, like no real expert. Like I, I do some trading and like I don't, I used to work, my first job was cutting videos for uh, a company called Peak Six that was in the board of trade. Um, so if you watch The Dark Knight, you can see Batman flip his motorcycle that's off the, the door. Uh, that's I the used job. To, nice, nice. I used to go in every day, yeah. So I would, I would cut videos. Coming into focus from your past. Nice. Yeah, I would cut videos about options, and I worked there for two years, and I still don't fully understand options. Yeah, um, yeah and like Damiani said, it's about shorting, it's about hedge funds, it's about all kinds of crazy stuff. But... Um, the thing that AOC said and like the thing that became very clear to me when I was working in that kind of field is like, oh, this is all kind of pretend. Like it's all just based on guesswork and fears and like oftentimes misunderstandings. Like it's really funny to me when like, cause we cover it sometimes on this when like, oh, Nintendo announced this thing and now their stock price is way up or way down. But it's like the thing that was announced is not some huge big good or bad thing you know so it's just like they just thought it was because it sounded like it. yeah so it's all just made up and like what this is showing is that regular um there's a word for it but like retail retail uh, investors normal, retail investors like normal just you you or me whoever people can go on Robinhood or whatever 
and just manufacture something if there is enough volume of trades. Well, that's that's why, you know, we we claim that we are not knowledgeable about this. But Damiani, you know memes. You, you get memes. You know what I mean? You have you have mm, you have meme knowledge. You have, you have you have meme wisdom. <laughs> Well, this is a meme. I mean, this is a meme play. You know, what, that, that's the that's the difference from a lot of stock market plays. Is, is AMC followed this up? BlackBerry followed it up off that. There are other companies, but to me, they're not as funny as GameStop. And the reason why this picked up, the reason why this took off the ground, is because the subreddit Wall Street Bets went to war against Melvin Capital and Citron. So that was the thing this group had to decide to do. And I have to think the funniness of GameStop maybe contributed to them getting out of bed that day and actually doing it. Whereas if it was AMC, if it was BlackBerry, it's just not quite as funny. It's not quite, it's not enough of a headline. I mean, I, I think it's why it's an attention-grabbing headline is a bit the absurdity of the situation. Right. But I, I mean, I don't think to be funny was what sparked this. I think the certain group was pushed and wanted to push back and so, show you, it, they wanted to prove a point. But ultimately, it's a bunch of rich people f like trying to antagonize another group of rich people and when the the old when the old guard rich people aren't getting their way now they're crying and wanting all these protections they want uh, hearings they want all this stuff and it's like wait a second so normal people played your game and they were winning at your game and you don't like it so you're what you're really saying is you don't like a real fair market you don't like the stock market right. when it works how it's supposed to work right and i know we're diving into you know <laughs> a straying from gaming knowledge like gaming territory here but i think it was i don't think it was about being funny I, I obviously the internet will run with anything and make it a meme have its fun that's like how i think like the average bystander observes this stuff and, and looks at it but this is this is something different and it'll be interesting to see i, I honestly i don't expect a major change to happen because people will like say they want to want to change things but you know money talks <laughs> money is like the like, one of the most powerful things that influences everything especially in this country so when you start messing with people's money it, that's when things get you know bloody violent you know think like people get a little bit uh mean and you, I, I feel like you might see some backlash from, from this but you know what at the same time it's a good story. I'm glad it's getting so much attention. And, it, and I guess GameStop in a way helps because it's getting people who may have otherwise just like, it was AMC, we'd be like, haha, AMC stuck. But like, you're getting a bunch, I think maybe like a younger skewed audience who are paying attention to this. It's like, if you read through all the, 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 the memes and the stuff like that, the, the truth, the nugget here to take away is that, you know, get information, be informed, and people who hold power over you sometimes only hold power over you because of, I mean, yes, money, but also knowledge. The fact that you are ignorant is why you were getting played so much by these, these people. And a group proved its point saying like, uh, uh, not like what, like, this is what can happen when an average group, like average group of people has enough money and decide to say, Hey, your, your thing doesn't work right. Like we could, we threw it back in your face and said, ha ha. Now what are you going to do about that? Yeah. I well, but yeah. I, I agree, but I, I want to expand on that too, because I do think there is like another angle to this. And I'm not, you know, again, not the super most informed on this topic necessarily, but like, uh, there is sort of another edge to it where there's like a an inequity of of regulation, whereas like the the powers that be, whoever you know, quote unquote, whatever, um, can do like crazy weird stuff 
and game the system and, and you know, quote-unquote, like, bend the rules, you know, cheat a little bit. And then, like, I think there's this mentality where it's like, oh, as soon as the nor as soon as the regular guy does it, they come in and they regulate, and Robin Hood or whoever like limits the restricts the uh, you know ability of these stocks to be traded for a day or whatever. And like last I saw, there's like now a class action lawsuit about that. But like, it 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 is an interesting class iniquity thing. And again, like who knows? But you know where like certain people are allowed to run rampant and do whatever they want and then as soon as some other people start doing it then they're like mm, i don't know about that right. you know and i mean we've seen a lot of that over the last few years uh but damian's bringing up a great yeah a great point into of politics <laughs> i really like like identifying retail investors because you think the way you know some people yeah. frame it it's just like oh it's the it's the rich fighting people that um have the opportunity to to affect this but like you had to really be on the ground floor to take advantage of this confidently you know uh and a lot of people the biggest winners they said were just people that had already you know already owned GameStop stock because they you know made right. that investment months ago uh Pactor said he's like if you haven't made money off this thing it's just you know pretty risky that you actually will uh but it's like i think even just retail investors does not speak i think kind of for the the, the common man who does not do a lot of investing and potentially be like, oh, is this something that I should have got involved in? I saw um, who's Shark Tank. I had his name. Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. Cuban? I saw he's like, my, my 11-year-old made money. And I think Mark Cuban's 11-year-old <laughs> sure. has a little bit more of an advantage when yeah. it comes to potentially <laughs> investing in the stock market. <laughs> yeah, than yeah say, you invested in your My child in 10 years. Yeah, it's just not it, – it, it's kind of a different thing. Um, it's just – to me, the the capability of doing something like this and the impact that it has in the stock market is one story. The the fact that they actually did it, I think, is because this is a scary thing to do to just to, to to potentially buy into these stocks to raise the prices to hold on to the stock when it is worth more than you could ever possibly imagine, but you're still thinking no because of the principle of how it works. I have to hold on to the stock and um, you know to screw these guys. Um, so it's just yeah. it's 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 fascinating that this was the pick that they did, and so I just couldn't help it. And seeing how it was reacting, how everyone was reacting to it, how people were reacting to the Reddit. You know, they were learning about Reddit. They're learning about what, what yeah. condition GameStop is in. It's like this has got to be part of the joke. They've got to be not only cracking up about how much money they made. You know, uh, Melvin Capital almost took potentially a two point seven five billion dollar loss. They had to get a cash infusion from other investment banks to stay solvent. Other people are like, oh, bail us out. And it's like, you're an idiot. You don't get, you don't get bailed out because you're an idiot. So I wonder if just that, the, the comical but side like of it, I wonder how much stake out, it has. So it's just like, yeah. Well, they, yeah. I mean, they didn't get bailed out by the government. They got bailed out from other uh, investment banks. Right. From other idiots. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, like, I, I, I really have next to no idea how all this stuff works. It just, you know, it feels like just from trying to read up on all this over the past few days, that a it kind of exposes that you know the the short selling or whatever is is a is a bad idea and can, can and yeah. can backfire um but i also think that the other side of it is like what's happening right now in terms of you know the do you know boosting a, a stock up the way that people are like you know like that can't go on forever like that is going to oh. backfire at some point and it's like oh, it's yeah. not going to just backfire against the people they're targeting it's going to backfire against a bunch of other people as well so it's I think that's what has a lot of people concerned and it's like it's not to me it's not necessarily like one type of investor versus another it's just like this behavior is like not sustainable um and well you know, could be a little I, crazy to an extent though but like to me what it highlights again is like just how like 
specious the entire sector is like it it really is just gambling it's, right. it's just a game mm-hmm. like i had a friend a guitarist in my old band in chicago was a was a trader professionally and and like he was explaining it to me and he's just like yeah it's a game like it's a game and money are the points like it's just it's all pretend and he was like you have to think about it like that otherwise you'll go crazy with like you know because money has power um and it's it's if anything about this that's so funny to me or not funny but miraculous interesting is yeah just like yeah they just picked a thing made a thing happen because they had enough people to do it and it's like anybody could do that like stock stock traders do that kind of to some degree frequently and it's it's all very interesting to me and like entire business an entire sector of of human interest is centered on this game and it's wild the GameStop (laughs) game the gme game as it is known this feels like in the same vein as whenever uh, a Bitcoin surges again. It sure. goes stories. Like it's not obviously not the same thing, but it it feels like when these headlines happen, it's it, it's like the same feeling that. And I think it speaks to Ian's point how volatile all this is, and I guess the, the your point you're trying to make about who it might impact. I guess the one I'd be most interesting to see and potentially concerned is if. Uh, these this has the potential to like damage a company like if this gets to be used maliciously if or you know if someone actually like someone this is like someone a hacker has now exposed a flaw if this is not patched could someone with enough money and influence like hmm i'm gonna do you know maybe they already do that I, again i'm not an expert i don't know how it works but i wonder if this method mm. could lead to like when gamestop stock inevitably crashes if it goes below it to its i mean i guess it was already go, probably going out of business at some point unless they turn things around does like this hastening that make it like do people get fired like does a company like have layoffs like who's like you know yeah. are people gonna be held accountable for that type of stuff you know it seems like gamestop's uh, really detached from this <laughs> yeah like I, yeah. I haven't heard any like I haven't read anything about them saying anything. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, I haven't been following it too closely. They haven't, really. Uh, Blood alluded to it when Ryan Cohen was joined, joined their board. That was on January 11th. That was their last investor report. Um, but well, it's, it's funny, though, because like, all of these stocks, kind of like what Damiani was saying, all of these stocks are kind of, they were low, you know, mm-hmm. like AMC and, and, well, I'm not sure where BlackBerry was at, but like, I think this one was in the teens, maybe, when this started. Um, which isn't. Garbage, it sounds like AMC might be benefiting from this. I just saw oh, like one I mean, thing well, at a glance, but yeah. take headlines. If your <laughs> if your stock if your stock mar- price goes up, like that's typically good, I think. Yeah. But I, I, what I was gonna say is like I wonder if someone could do the opposite of this, like tanking Tesla, you know, like mm. a super value, super high value company. Like could a mob short it down i don't really think so it's just like a different game it's like if you went into a casino that's just a di- that's craps where this is slots yeah. or whatever you know it's just a different it's a different strategy what's really scary which i loved today because there's all these people are having tremendous risk this week and i'm not involved in any of it which is great like we actually did for some reason we had a financial call today and we like talked to our advisors like we're not we're not affected by this are we? like we're not entangled to this at all they're like no 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 um but it's it's more fun than a stock crashing because if it goes up, the sky's the limit. Essentially, if you are short selling, you're betting that this thing's going to go, you know, you're betting on it going down. And that's what they combated by buying a bunch of it, then holding on to it, forcing everyone else to sell theirs. More people are buying, so this keeps going up. And when it drops, it hits zero and you're done. When it goes up, 
it, the sky's the limit. <laughs> you know, so I love that idea of the, the risk you're taking and how badly you can screw somebody potentially on a short sale squeeze where it's just like, mm-hmm. how high is this going to go? And like, that's, that's what's tough with people holding on to this stock to screw these big hedge funds. It's just like, ah, is it is now? It Should I go plot? now? It's tough. And, and again, is, that's when you have this, this kind of collective mindset of all of them, you know, locking arms and being like, no, we're not going to sell. Like, that's what's impressive to me that they did that. Because I think at the end of the day, when you're dealing with this game, like, you know, these guys aren't on, I mean, they're on teams sometimes with companies, but it's just like, it's so easy to just backstab somebody, you know, to, to benefit yourself. And the fact that they're still holding ground, one group versus another group, I think that is, I think, rare, potentially, certainly in the, the history of this podcast, which we'll talk about stocks maybe a, another time in 2022. I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say, isn't this kind of the plot of Trading Places? Don't they do something like this? They like oh, they'll trade. They do something with pork bellies or something, and they like screw over those other guys. If people That's say the I got this bet movie right, yeah, yeah. If people yeah. say oh. I got I got this one wrong, I'm okay with that. But if people call me out on errors in trading places, I won't stand for it. No comment. Oh yeah, no yeah, comment yeah. on trading places. I don't remember. Uh, a flawed movie. But I, have, yeah, I don't remember what they actually. Invested Every time in. I've seen trading places, legitimately at the end, I'm like, I think like I understand what's going on. I think I understand. I'm I'm mostly on what's happening. Oh, Dan Aykroyd. All right. Something I think we can understand a little bit better is when <laughs> video games cost us more money. <laughs> That's something. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> this, <laughs> I understand that. This affects me. And there's been so much chatter about stocks this week that I was just like, do-do-do, time to put together this podcast. Oh, right. Xbox totally increased their live price. And then we're like, wait, no. Yeah. That was nuts. For a lot of different reasons, I think. Uh, they initially raised the price uh, to to $1 to $11 a month. Uh, uh, that was their monthly price. And then it was, so it was used to be 60 for six months, 60 for the year. And then they changed it to 60 for six months. So that would be $120, $120 double what gold cost a year ago. And last July, Microsoft got rid of that 12 months. So there's no way to buy a 12 month. There was no number. Right. You just had to keep going in the six month. Um And they said at the time, periodically, we assess the value and pricing of our services to reflect changes in regional marketplaces and continue to invest in the Xbox community. So it's all coming back to us. We'll be making price (laughs) adjustments for Xbox Live Gold in select markets. In many markets, the price of Xbox Live Gold has not changed for years. And in some markets, it hasn't changed for over 10 years. And then when we were like, hey, that sucks, they were like, we're sorry. (laughs) It was nuts. I want to gauge your nut meter because I am... Nuts meter, rather, I should say. <laughs> because That's better, better. Oh, um, good. I have the power uh, to edit things out of this podcast. Well, it's just well, it's, it's the comparison, right? Because yeah, as you're saying, like I I actually looked back because I was like, wait a minute, what, did they raise it sometime in between that I didn't know? And like I looked at my last receipt from Xbox Live Gold, and I'm like, yeah, that was that was sixty dollars for twelve months. And so f- for them to essentially say, hey, we're not going to you know, have that quote unquote discounted price anymore that the, the best you're going to get is essentially double that, that that's ridiculous. Like to r- double yeah, the price of their service is, is insane. And particularly when, you know, PlayStation Network is offering equivalent for that $60, you know, and then, you know, Switch is clearly not as good, but it's like 20 bucks. So. Yeah, it's, it's also weird due to their like Byzantine labyrinthian fucking pricing and plan naming structures. Like 
I'm unclear which service I have Game Pass on PC and I have I'm paying for Xbox Live on Sophia's Xbox One <laughs> so that when I'm over there I can play Sea of Thieves mm. with her. So I'm paying 15 a month for that and I don't know what I'm paying for it on PC cuz the price was in like a you know cheaper thing for it was at five dollars for a while but it went up to 10 but i don't know Uh. sometimes because this is one of the things that was really weird about the whole situation is they're saying is like if you're on auto renew the price wouldn't change for you so my i would have kept the 60 dollar price as long as my credit card was valid but if i'd ever canceled and came back then i would be stuck getting six months at a time at 60 dollars yeah, and like it's just it's weird because there's Game Pass, Games of Gold, Ultimate, which I guess is just a combination of those. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's Ultimate is all three. So there's Game okay. Pass, Xbox, Game Pass PC, Xbox Live Gold, and then uh, Game Pass Ultimate is all three of those things put together uh, okay. at fifteen. So what a I month, should I do is just have that. <laughs> yeah, I mean if you're using all three, yeah. And yeah. wasn't that what people were initially thinking? This was the, the initial analysis was that this price hike was to push people towards Games Pass, especially Ultimate. Yeah. I mean, even after they included. made this change, Ian's convinced. Blood just sold him. Blood just. Yeah. I'm sold. Yeah, he just. It was I guess it blood is worth shocking. that Xbox.com right there. That was. <laughs> <laughs> is there an, Ian is already signing up as we speak. Yeah. Done. Yeah, I guess it's just shocking they changed course so quickly. If that wasn't their intent. I mean, you see backlash whenever right. any of these others... Like, Netflix, when they do it, like, there's tons of outcry. Like, oh, no, I want to buy a dollar. Like, we're like it's horrible. And people do cancel, but I guess raising it by 100% is maybe a little too extreme. <laughs> maybe they didn't really yeah. think that out too well. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It would be... I would love to know... <laughs> were they really trying to push people or did they was it just the value they thought like hey we haven't raised in well, as many years as you said we need to raise the price because hey we spent all this money buying you know, all these co- these studios and apparently they're buying another major one they're announcing this year supposedly that's just as big as Bethesda so it's like okay well what do you got like uh, where's that money coming from you know <laughs> they gotta raise the price of uh, of Xbox Live although they actually I don't know if this is in also this week or anything but they did mention that like they had like you know, r- record-breaking uh, quarter with the the launch mm-hmm. of the Series X and all Five that. Bell. So they're they're not hurting. Wow. <laughs> well, that's you, you're you're laying it out for me. This is what I want to talk about. The last time they raised the price was eight dollars to ten dollars. That's a two dollar hike per month. This was just a one dollar hike. That was ten years ago. Um, wow. It, yeah, and then you get the the value of Game Pass. If you can't afford the Series X, we got a cheaper series for you. We get the Series S. It's still still very, you know, still still a great Christmas present and still going to, you know, make the kid happy. Um, their net income for the last year was 15.5 billion, 33, 33% year over year. Last quarter they broke 5 bill for the first time ever in the history of Xbox and Xbox Game Pass subscribers are at 18 million. 100 million Xbox Live uh, users are on the monthly uh, payment plan. And we keep we even joked We've joked all the time about, you know, it's like, wow, the Xbox are so nice. They're so generous. So when I first saw Backlash from this, I was like, here it is. Finally. Like, this is the, yes, we bought all these companies. They're going to be having cool exclusives. Or you're going to be potentially getting, like, Fallout 6, you know, exclusive to the Xbox. Maybe for a couple months. Maybe a year or something. It's like, trust us. This is going to pay off. We just need you to double your yearly price. And I was like, well, oh, that, all right. That- but they, and then they turn around so fast. Well, that right there is, is the first thing that came to my mind is, like, why right now? Like, you do this when you've got your Halo or your big title coming out. Yeah. 
and then you get people to sign up for Game Pass because it's on there. Like, why just in the middle of the doldrums? You know, like what 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 do they think the medium is going to push unit? Like, what are they? Why right now? Well, then it has. I, mean, I know the that medium the has nothing to do with gold. Yeah. Out, but yeah, who knows? It's just very strange. Maybe you kind of forget about it, and by the time Halo comes around, you're like, okay, time to get Game Pass. Oh wait, yeah. oh that's oh, right. Oh, maybe. if I want to play online. Oh, so. <laughs> You don't want to link the two stories. Yeah, that's a good point. So they pulled the car around real quick. Uh, quote, we messed up today, and you were right to let us know. Connecting and playing with friends is a vital part of gaming, and we fail to meet expectations of players who count on it every day. As a result, we have decided not to change Xbox Live Gold pricing. Not only that, they went even further. They were that mad at themselves. Free-to-play games no longer require Xbox Live Gold for the first time ever. Yeah, that's something that should have been happening for a while yeah. now. Maybe. Yeah, that was a big deal, and that was something that was pointed out um, by uh, several outlets. That like, yeah, like what is the value of getting, you know, an Xbox Series S uh, over like a PlayStation Five digital if you've now you know going to have to add a hundred and twenty dollars a year, you know, for your kids to play free to play games or you right. know Minecraft Dungeons or something. You know, it's just like, come on. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing I saw was like, this is the only console that Fortnite has a subscription. Right. Know? Besides, obviously, the Battle And then a lot of the people... Well, like you're saying Sea of Thieves, you play for free on PC, but then you have to pay to play it on Xbox? Like. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. kind of... It's pretty silly. It's yeah. the same well, company, it's the same game. It's, it's all because of... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's why it's so weird, because to play the same games on the console, you have to pay to do that. But on PC, like, because they know, like, if they tried to charge you to play a multiplayer game on PC, people would, they just, well, they just wouldn't do it. But, yeah, it, it's nuts. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, subs, having, arguing for subscription-based PC games is, like, one of the hardest things to do. There's only, like, a handful of them even left, so. Yeah. Yeah. It always struck me as weird that <laughs> the, the biggest free-to-play games still required a subscription on Xbox. I keep thinking of movies where I hear presidents say, like, we're not going to negotiate with terrorists. I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> USA, USA. <laughs> um, does this give the <laughs> Xbox community just a little too much power? Like, they spin so fast. It, I, was, I was blown away how with the either... Like, they thought this was going to happen, or they thought, like, no one's going to say anything. And then this blew up maybe for, like, a day or two. It just wasn't, like, a huge campaign. And then they... Oh, no, it blew up, and then it deflated in, like, a matter of hours. Like, right. Was... Yeah. And then, yeah. So, it's just interesting. I wonder if this puts them in a kind of a compromising position in terms of, like, really just relying on their communi- community to, dedic- to dictate what they do with their pricing, you know, moving I forward. I think it's more... I think it... it, it... I don't think it'll embolden things in the wrong way. I think it's it's good optics for them to just be like, oh, okay, never like, you know, uh, what was the thing Netflix wanted to do a hundred years ago? Like Quickster yeah, or some stupid ass. The, yeah. They were spinning up their DVD service, or right? Yeah, mm-hmm. into like something stupid, and, uh, and everyone was just like, that's really dumb, and they were like, okay, <laughs> um, it's kind of like that. Like it didn't change anything. Yeah. Well, I know some so. people were uh, suggesting that, you know, there's, you know, been internal debate about some of this stuff, um, you know, for a long time. 
So I, I think that maybe like one of these things where like just some some coworker in the office is like, I told you so, I told you. Yeah. Like just keep <laughs> pushing that button. It's like, okay, okay, you're right, you're right. Well, that okay. That's why it just read to me that like they're they're not cocky, but they just man, they just had their best quarter ever. They you know big, biggest selling Xbox console in history for the company, and um, they bought all these other companies. Like they're just they're flying high, and they need the capital to to make it up. And so like this was kind of the shoe I was just waiting to drop, and it did, and. People were just, yeah. I was surprised at people being surprised. I was surprised at Xbox being surprised. Um, but I guess we win at the end of the day. Sometimes I do wonder, like, if companies, if or how often companies do stuff like this as, like, a litmus test. Like, hey, let's try raising the price if nobody freaks out. More money, but we don't, like, you know, it costs them six bucks a month per person or whatever. Uh, you know, so they don't need to raise it, but they want to, you know? And I wonder how often things like this are just like, eh, we'll see what happens. If they hate it, we'll just not do it. <laughs> like, well, you know. I had heard, I, I think there's like a couple of shots out there, and I don't know if they were like debunked or not, but um, I had heard that they had actually printed the cards. Like, they oh, were like right. shipping to stores and stuff. So it's like, that's mm. not a yeah, that's small a cost. cost. Yeah. It's not an experimental idea cost. For sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but maybe the silver lining here is that when they do want to raise the price and they only raise it like a dollar or two, people might be relieved like, oh, well, at least they're not doubling the price again or whatever. Mm. And as you right. said, why time. why now versus like when those Bethesda exclusives start showing up and all right. the other exclusives start showing up and it's like, hey, we got the games now and you want to play them here, you got time to pay up. And that's when they hit them with like, hey, we're raising it by another dollar or two right now because you're getting all these great games that, you know, and it's your value proposition. But that's the thing that it's not Game Pass that was raising the price. It was no, live. Xbox Live. Yeah. So I imagine all those games it, got yeah, online it, components it, to them. Yeah, that yeah, you're right. gonna need to pay to get access to, and they won't be free to play. Yeah. Well, and that that's the other like Game Pass raising its price. I would almost be like, yeah, all right, I get it. Game Gold like. What new thing are you offering? Nothing? Right. Like, yeah. get out of here. You're pointless. Like, you should be free. Like, you used to be free. Like, I they're remember... Giving me, like, they're giving me the, the privilege of having random people that follow me that I have no connection with to, to give me notifications that they liked my activity on Xbox Live. I'm like, just like, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think you can probably control I'm, that. I'm sure I can turn some stuff off, but it's just funny. Like, sometimes I've I log in. I've got everything on my PlayStation. Like, 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 random string of numbers and letters liked your activity. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I do remember, like, when PlayStation, they kind of snuck it in when they were like, oh, yeah, oh yeah. PlayStation PSN plus subscription will be required for online play, you know? It was like an offhand thing when they announced. Was it the PS4 announcement? It was or something? PS4 stuff. So. Yeah, and but I, it was I was a generational like, right then. I was like, too. oh, oh. <laughs> like uh, they did the thing. They're doing the Xbox thing. They were lucky thing. that Microsoft had had so many missteps. They were yeah. able to just like, yeah, whatever. You complain about it, but you know, look how much else we're doing well. Yeah. We messed up today. That's that's still it's it's such a precious sentence when you say that was like you were so quick to say we messed up. Let's think about EA, man. I just you would never say they messed up. You would never use those words. <laughs> EA takes something like this and turns it into like an announcement. You know, like EA would just go straight forward with the pricing, and then after a month they'd be like announcing a discount. <laughs> You're like wait, wait a minute. Like there's no they would be like okay, let's retract. I do feel like that is something about Microsoft that not many other companies have. It's like they do have these moments when like 
yeah, they made some boneheaded announcement, but you know, they 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 will go back on it if it, if it really does look like a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Our message might be getting out there, guys. We might. <laughs> they might... Yeah. They're listening. I don't know if it's too late to listen and weigh in on this, but uh, and I love the the verbiage here that the Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two developer Vicarious Visions was absorbed by Blizzard. They absorbed them. <laughs> like just physically, no, like the blob. Yeah, this is, this is the feel bad news. I'm totally gonna play Devil's Advocate on this one, although I agree with oh. you, Bloodworth. But just for just to have an opposing view for the podcast, um, I can think of lots of reasons why if I was. At Activision slash Blizzard, I would be like, you, well, <laughs> you talented yeah. people, go go make that thing good. Um, but specifically, they're uh, going to be exclusively working on Blizzard stuff. And then we later found out, um, not maybe not an official announcement, we heard from sources that uh, uh, Diablo 2 is the thing they're working on. Diablo 2 Resurrected is what it is rumored to be. Called. Oh, yeah, a, I don't think a, that's official. A remake of true. Diablo 2. Hmm. Um, someone named Schmation Schmeyer might have, might have put that out there in the interwebs. <laughs> Got it. Um, but uh, it, and it, it in my mind, you know, makes sense potentially. I mean, let's just take Diablo out of the conversation. The idea of them taking the revitalization that they did to Tony Hawk, you know, and yeah. <laughs> just name the Blizzard franchise, just bringing that potentially to something else in a well, remake they were or already, expanded capacity. For my own clarification, like they were already owned by Activision. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I've yeah. got a, a bunch of notes. So they were they're purchased by Activision in 2005. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, the so yeah, so the, basically, they were started in uh, 1990 uh, by Kartik and uh, Guhabala, um, who are now uh, in 2016 they left to create Velen Studios and made Mario Kart Live. Um, yeah. Yeah. And those are so like some of the first like uh, developers that I ever like interviewed back in the day. They like, um, had like GameCube, like Marvel Ultimate Alliance, or something like that. Um, so you've got a stake in this. <laughs> I've got some familiarity with the company, you know. And, and I was, you know, I was taking notes and looking over like some of the stuff that they've they've done over the years. And it's like, yes, most of like their development history has been about like making ports and supporting Activision stuff. Um, like one of the I think the first game that I was ever aware of Vicarious Visions was the uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 uh, for the Game Boy Advance. And that was a launch game and it was amazing because like the Game Boy Advance, like we, you know, we pictured it as mini Super Nintendo, right? That was essentially, we were going from the black and white slash Game Boy Color, you know, that was just more or less the NES to, you know, a, a system that could play, you know, F-Zero and Castlevania and look like Super Nintendo games. Mm. And then Vicarious Visions shows up here with a Tony Hawk game with, like, 3D freaking models. And, and like, what is happening right now? Like, this, they're, they're pulling stuff out that you just wouldn't imagine, you know. And um, they did uh, GameCube and Xbox versions of Jedi Outcast. Uh, they did the Xbox version of Doom 3 uh, before Activision purchased them. And then, then, yeah, over the years, they did tons of Guitar Hero and Tony Hawk and Ultimate Alliance and Skylander stuff. They did the crazy grip thing for the Guitar Hero on tour. Um, and it seems like they okay. started taking lead on games, like actually like kind of like original, more original games with like Skylanders in the Skylander series. And then, yeah, they had the Crash Bandicoot trilogy and Tony Hawk Pro Skater this year, which is like everyone's just down for them to do more of what they did with Tony Hawk. 
but this is a quote from their website that's like, oh, this hurts. In 2019, Vicarious Vision cele celebrated its 28th year in the industry. Over the years, we have made hundreds of games in every genre on every conceivable game platform in the known universe. We are a studio that is built to last. <laughs> and now, like, they're together, but now they're no longer going under that name and they're no longer heading up their own projects. Yeah, at least, you know, for the near future. You know, they're just, they're just part of Blizzard now. But there weren't any layoffs or anything? Um, the studio head changed. The guy that was the CEO is now the studio head. I don't remember. I think, I believe I, there was a, they were allowed to audition they were allowed to um, apply. I was say audition. <laughs> they were allowed to apply for new jobs within Blizzard, uh, and then uh. I, I think there were some people that uh, potentially carried over. Um, but again, a lot of this stuff is early reporting. None of these are on projects that have been announced yet. Allegedly, they've been working on Diablo for a while, um, uh, just like the Diablo franchise in general. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> is is it kind of like they did too good? <laughs> you know, it's like they had too much success, and so you have a company like you know. The Activision, you know, and especially Blizzard, which needs big wins, and so they're like, let's put our our top our top people in a top project, something that we want to, to work really well. If it ends yeah. up being Diablo two, would you be like happier in a way for them, or if that is successful, kind of like Demon Souls was, you're like, because Warcraft three Reforged was not. Um, yeah. So there's just a lot of pieces that came together around this, you know, from this early reporting that makes sense to me. Um, maybe not from a fan of Vicarious Vision standpoint, but from a Activision exec standpoint, it's like ah. I see what I see what play they're well, making. It's a weird, it's a weird thing, right? Because the cynical take is just like, well, it's all just Activision. It doesn't really matter what name you put on it. It's just the same thing. Um, which again, that's more, the more cynical take. Like I do, I do think it's valuable, like, to have these things, even if they're owned by Activision or Microsoft or whatever. Like, have as much autonomy as they can, so that they can still make things with their own voice. You know, I, I prefer that, obviously, but. I definitely prefer this to just Activision axing it and firing everybody. Like, yeah, this is definitely better than that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it's don't... weird, and it would make sense to like be like, okay, if you're if, especially if they already were working on Diablo two, to just be like, we're just gonna fold you into this billing structure, put you over here, like the weird shell company on your paycheck will be different, but otherwise everything's the same, you know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. My read into this is that this is Blizzard starting to, like... Or, sorry, this is Activision and starting to interfere with Blizzard. Like, I think the writing's been in the wall for a while. Certain oh, sure. key personnel have been leaving. Yeah. And I think this is, like, the latest development in that saga where Activision's like, no, you're gonna... Like, we have a plan for you, Blizzard, and you're gonna start following it. And I think they mm -hmm. saw Vicarious Visions as more valuable to them as assisting Blizzard to fulfill whatever they have for their, their game development for their next project... Versus just making a Tony, even a Tony Hawk one plus like two three plus four remake or whatever the, the people were assuming they also were going to work on in addition to this Diablo two rumor or whatever this is, and I, I don't know like it's I hope they get a chance to work on something that's amazing like if it is this thing that you're talking about and it turns out to be excellent and you know that's satisfying for them then that, that's good obviously that's a, that's a, that's a reward for them but if it's now that, that they get to just be continue to being a, going back to more of a support role 
and, and not getting a chance to maybe work on an under, a wholly original game or something that might be a little bit more artistically fulfilling, that's a little bit of a bummer. I, I guess time will tell. We start seeing departures and those staff were for, formerly specifically Vicarious Visions people. You'll right. know something's up that they weren't happy yeah. with the move. Um. Yeah, uh, former studio head Jennifer O'Neill is now uh, on the Blizzard leadership team. Oh, okay. It seems like so some people, are, like some people are still about that. Yeah. And some people are wondering, yeah, again, if people decide to leave, there's at least one, I think it was like two new studios that were created by ex-Blizzard people, so Mike Morheim and others. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, I think the the main thing that would concern me, aside from, you know, that, that name kind of, you know, being shelved and, and the autonomy there is just, you know, the... You know they have you know regardless of being owned by activision like they have their own studio identity and studio culture and like mm-hmm. and i would hope that even as a part of blizzard that that could continue you know and they don't just say hey you know you guys want to keep working with us you got to leave new york and move to southern california or something like that right you know? uh i've just been so dismayed like i liked world of warcraft hearthstone was fun but like when I first started working with Michael Huber and Ben Moore and Brad Ellis, those two guys loved Blizzard so much. <laughs> and it's been heartbreaking to see that relationship suffer <laughs> over the last couple years. And so I'm just was not surprised, you know, like a very Blizzard successful company that is already... Um, well, Activision too. You know, like we said, the writing was on the wall. And so it's like not surprising to me that Activision would be like, oh my goodness, please solve one of these things for us. Because um, it was pointed out Warcraft 3 Reforged was the lowest Blizzard metascore ever. And they're like, we can't. We just can't have that happen again yeah. if we're wanting to bring lots of interesting developments in the Diablo franchise we could potentially see bear fruit in the coming months slash years. And now, a word from our sponsor. These days, it feels like online shopping is the only shopping we really do. There's nothing wrong with online shopping rules. That's where today's sponsor, Honey, comes in. It's the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and automatically tests them when you are checking out. Honey is basically your online shopping best friend. I told my dear wife, Honey, guess who's our new sponsor of the podcast? And she was like, oh, I use Honey. I'm like, wait, wait, really? Like in a real way? You're not just, I know you love to support the Easy Allies podcast, but you legitimately already had that on your computer. She's like, yeah, I use that all the time. Um, I actually mentioned it again. I was like, oh, they're our sponsor tonight. She's like, I, she's like, I used Honey to buy the socks on your child's feet that you're carrying right now. And I was like, you did not. That's the perfect story for the podcast. Thank you so much. But seriously, she bought Bombas. Shout out to Bombas socks. B-O-M-B-A-S. Bombas? Yeah. Am I worrying about, I'm not wearing Bombas right now, but I got Three I pairs of Bomba socks too. at once. Yeah, they're in, it's in the wash right now. But the uh, got some some Elmo and some Cookie Monster socks with grips on the bottom. Milo's almost walking. He's almost there. Here's how it works. You get Honey on your computer for free in two easy clicks. Then when you're checking out on one of its over 30,000 supported sites, Honey pops up and you have all you have to do is click apply coupons. It's fun too because it's like scanning. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons for that site. If Honey finds working codes, it'll apply the best one in your cart. Honey has found it's over uh, over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. Honey supports all kinds of retailers from tech and gaming sites to fashion brands to even food delivery. It's simple. If you have a computer, Honey should be on it. It's free and it works with whatever browser you use. You can get Honey for free today at joinhoney.com slash allies. That's joinhoney, regular spelling, H-O-N-E-Y, dot com slash allies, so they know we sent you and thank you honey for supporting today's episode and if you are a patron of easy allies thank you
Blood, people are not happy. A lot of people are not happy that Kevin Hart has been cast as Roland in the Borderlands movie. Oh, okay. Owing to some kind of, like, integrity the role Roland demands that somehow Kevin Hart's not going to bring to it. There's something about the Borderlands movie that I don't know if some people being like, what? <laughs> Clearly that person's the wrong choice for this extremely over-the-top, very cartoonish. That comedian in that comedy movie? Like, what? I don't know. I think I think it probably stems from Kevin Hart being uh, problematic. Uh, I don't specifically remember, so corrections hit me up if, if this isn't totally accurate, but I believe that he was, was getting uh, heat a while back for some homophobic comments and jokes and then like kind of not handling it gracefully um, when people were critiquing him on that but he's made comedy special since then so i mean that just kind of every time you make a comedy special it just kind of resets the the Uh day since i offended everybody counter you know and then you just start right back (laughs) and as we know borderlands has never been scandalous or offensive including gearbox and randy pitchford they're all completely clear of that so there should be should be bringing no negative connotations uh to this blood you're a fan of borderlands you're you're You've always made me so tempted about Borderlands. I played Borderlands 1 by myself. I've never played that game multiplayer, and I didn't touch 2 or 3 or any of the massive lists of expansions that have come to that. Um, I think if Borderlands does anything, you'll generally, you know, be intrigued. Are you equally intrigued about a Borderlands movie? I forgot this was happening. Um, no, I, I didn't remember this was happening at all, no. Um, yeah, but it's funny because, like, like you, I was thinking, like, yeah, that seems like a fine, fine pick for, for Roland. I guess, you know... If, Maybe, like, Terry Crews might be better or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, but, yeah, and but, like, Kate Blanchett is Lilith? Like, see, I don't understand how... See, that's right? not gonna... How? What? <laughs> that's She's, weird. Lilith is a pretty serious character. Kate Blanchett can do anything. Um, Isn't she? She's always kind of, like sardonic Kate Blanchett can do absolutely anything well, this isn't like, that she's serious. Just none of them are that serious no by blood by borderland standards yeah <laughs> she's a freaking brick wall <laughs> um but yeah I don't know like to me the, like this movie's just got to be like Jumanji or something so I like I, I just expect it to be like crazy weird over the top you know big monsters like lots of like People are going to get covered in slime or something. <laughs> Damiani, where does your hype level go when somebody brings up the film Jumanji? Where does that set it? Which one? The first one. Oh, you're talking about the last Jumanji. The two, I'm talking see, about the last Jumanji. Oh, okay. Yo, those are pretty more. good. Yeah, the first. Yeah. I didn't see the second <laughs> yeah. one, but the first one was actually three pretty Jumanjis decent. Now, yeah. They're pretty good. Yeah. The first, second one, the sequel to the other. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the <laughs> Rock. The Rock one. Yeah. With that Kevin, was good. Uh, yeah, as well. Yeah. It was entertaining, at least. Um Okay, that's a good bar to set. And you were, you know, the, obviously it's the cast from the first game, and so maybe they'll do, maybe we'll actually go into the vault in the first movie, we'll see. Um, but you're, yeah, uh, like, uh, I'm uh, not sure if they're just going with the first game's cast, or if they're gonna, like, throw, like, a whole bunch of different characters in there, or what, but... Eli Roth is directing this thing. Uh, oh, God. Done, yeah, <laughs> many horror films. This thing's gonna suck, Hasn't dude. Done. <laughs> this movie's gonna I suck. I hope it is like a horror film that tries to be funny. Hold on. Oh, God. You got Kate Blanchett in this thing. Kate Blanchett can make a lot of things that are wacky. Kate Blanchett rude. makes parts of Indiana Jones 4 palatable, okay? This, this gal is talented. Uh, and and Greg, uh, Craig Mazin is directing it, who created Chernobyl. So, 
It's the Chernobyl Wait, didn't you guy. Say Eli Roth was directing it. Eli Roth is dr uh, directing Craig Mason's writing it. Excuse me. Oh, okay. Who created oh, okay. Chernobyl? Okay. I was like, what? Um, Still weird. <laughs> that is a very odd pair up. Should it be weird? Should should every Borderlands film news should be like that? Seems in line. Hmm, nothing wrong here. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right. Everything about Borderlands always has to be like, mm, I, I, I guess. <laughs> oh, it seems like a landmine. <laughs> This, this yep. franchise shows up, though, man. This franchise uh, earns. Is that going to translate to film? Yes, I oh, guess. 100%. Yeah. You can't write it off. No, no. Watch the film be like cited as one of the best examples of it, a video game adaptation. <laughs> I think there are only like two or three good ones so far, so. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so, trying to think of a good one. Oh, I mean, there's. There's ones that are like not based. It's always weird because there's there's video game movies based on an actual video game, and then game movies that are about like video game themes, uh, like Tron. Tron's not yeah. based on an right. actual game, mm -hmm. and I think like that's like a really great video right. game movie, even though it's oh, you know not. Yeah, there are great movies about video games. Yeah. Right. That's not what we're talking about. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but yeah, when you get to like Detective Pikachu, was like that's the good one. Yeah, right. Yeah. I was uh, like, it's me, recent. For me, I enjoyed Detective Pikachu and uh, the original Mortal Kombat because it was just what it needed to be. Yeah, the original but Mortal Kombat is the best video game yeah. film ever created, period. <laughs> There's no question. Still just... got to see that Monster Hunter. It's just oh, right no, in line with that. that. Oh, my. It's out. Yeah, if it was another year, I wonder if we'd gone. I wonder if that if we did, no question we would have seen it. If there was no COVID, I would have day one, baby, I would have gotten to see that trash. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not. The director is so. Bad. We got a new Mortal Kombat movie as well. But I'm not asking if the blood, if the, the I want to see Borderlands. The Borderlands movie is going to be good. I want to know if it's going to make, make money. money. That's what I'm talking about. Right, oh, right. Yeah. But I, I would like to see like somebody like doing like a like taking clips from fights in the Monster Hunter movie. And then doing like a walkthrough, like a tutorial of <laughs> like saying, okay, so here's when you should target the, yeah. the tail. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, like critiquing it. Yeah. I always thought that'd be a fun sure. DVD thing if like, you know, like Advent Children had like little the little damage counter that came up. Like there's a mode where you can like watch the, with HUD on. That'd be, that's a fun idea. Yeah, yeah now I just play FF7 Remake. Nobody has fun. It's true. <laughs> um, but are you gonna, is this day one? Are you going to wait? Is this, you, you know, rent this? You're going to wait till it comes to a service you're currently on? What's the... I don't know if I'm What's the timeline? <laughs> you have to make a decision right now. You watch it now or never. Right now, in this moment. The bet. We'll blood watch it day one. What do you got? How <laughs> many? Podcasts, I got $20? $20? Borderlands? I got the bootleg TV. Very unlikely I would see this day one. There we go. I don't think I'll probably end up seeing this at all. One News in New Zealand just had a completely bonkers interview with Gabe Newell, <laughs> the head of Valve. Um, Damian, you know what BCIs are? BCIs. I'm thinking, no. What are BCIs? B Brain Computer Interfaces. Oh, yeah. Which wow. is apparently, we, we spend all day Lawn talking about... Man, let's go. So, yes, we spend all day talking about, you know, Ready Player One. Talking about, you know... Uh, Online services, how much do games cost? You know, are we getting a PSVR 2? There's all these things that we're, we're, we're so nearsighted. And clearly Gabe Newell, uh, prognosticator, is looking way ahead of us. He's a big fan of it. Valve is apparently working with them. Uh, and they are creating open source BCI software that will work through modified VR helmets. So they're already ready huh. to build these things. OpenBCI unveiled a headset design in November, just this past November, called Galea. 
Um, and Gabe Newell is so excited. He said, quote, if you're a software developer in 2022, doesn't have one of these in your test lab, you're making a silly mistake. Software developers for interactive experiences, you will absolutely be using one of these modified VR head straps to do that routinely. There's just too much useful data. So it's not just a question of selling these things for, on a consumer level. Um, it's that you can potentially get data. He referred to our eyes and ears as, quote, meat peripherals. We're just we're living in the past, baby. Right oh, now, 2021, the past. This. A BCI can apparently track while you are playing a video game if you are excited surprised sad bored amused afraid etc i mentioned bored would be the one the, the the most valuable metric on that list so we could see how this would be valuable to potential developers or publishers to have people go in it's just like you don't even need to fill out a survey when you're done i know i know better than you how and you, then they're going to sell your brainwave data oh, to no. advertisers. So what they're are they going to monetize my brainwaves? <laughs> yeah, they're What's... talking about mon monitoring how you're feeling about the game, and then like in real time, like increasing the difficulty. Ian, are you oh suggesting God. there's a dark side to this? I'm loving this. They are also that, talking about editing your feelings, Ian. Wait, oh, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get to, 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 the rabbit hole goes deeper. I assure you. But I'm just Can hung you imagine? Up, I'm just oh. hung up on the idea of, as Ian suggested, that becoming you know as valuable, if not more valuable, than the information you already voluntarily put out there into the interwebs, such as your financial information or your personal information via Facebook and. You know, sites you buy stuff from. No, no, no. I'm talking about thoughts you're not even aware of that software tracks and you voluntarily give to trustful companies like that. Oh well, I mean, sure. There's always going to be, I guess, the, the cynical side of technology. You know, it is what people make it to be, how they're going to use it. But it's also not always the greatest. Re I mean, it's a hard question to answer. But I would also argue that, like, this sounds like it might have potential for, like, for, for psychology and helping mm -hmm. like trauma people, you know, understand, you know, what they're going through because sometimes you can't process everything. So if you have something and a person can see what is going on in your mind, then, you know, maybe they can help you. I, I see this might not like ha could have a lot of application beyond just video games. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm thinking the positive about this. Although I know the cynical version is like Half-Life 3 is launching on this. Yeah, and I Gabe, won't be able to play yeah. it. <laughs> That's the thing, Damiani. Gabe Newell's not thinking about what you're thinking. Gabe I know. Like, I'm not <laughs> but like bypassing your eyeballs, editing your feelings, like this stuff, some of that stuff it gets way editing beyond. Editing your feelings? Editing your feelings? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have an app on my I phone to change my mood. <laughs> Gabe Newell predicts that in the future you will be able to edit your emotions with an app. You will be able to boot up your phone yes. and be like, mm, yes. I just want to be a I little mean, more I'm already terrified. I mean, <laughs> it'd be nice to be able to cry. Probably you know? need some research into like what the effects to of that is. feel something, you know. Like if you're, if your brain, if you're like overriding your brain, like what it's like wants to do and like forcing it, I, I wonder what kind of repercussions that might have like you know we just see like new forms of like psychological damage like i'm a sad person but i'm forcing myself to be happy it's like right is it like will be like the same thing as taking drugs or something i, I don't know i have no I, idea what it will be like but yeah this is a this is a very deep rabbit hole <laughs> i've read a book where that's a thing where you you control your i've read a lot of cyberpunk stuff like actual <laughs> good cyberpunk stuff one of my favorite genres 
I can't remember which book it was, um, but there's a book where people can do that. You can like control your emotions. But kind of to what you were saying before, Damiani, I, I'm thinking of like Aaron Reynolds, like Flying Mollusk, people who made Nevermind, and like Ninja Theory, like they all want to do like games to help help you psychologically, and like this would be an invaluable tool for that kind of stuff. And then I also think, because when am I not thinking about Silent Hill Shattered Memories and <laughs> the promise of that oh. game, where like the the whole idea of that game is like it's your therapist and then it uses the game to like fuck with you <laughs> like, right. it's, it's and like so like the implications are. there are so fantastic <laughs> like oh my god this is like a black mirror episode yes it is literally yep. there is a black mirror episode like this but it's like i imagine gabe newell's the kind of person who watches black mirror and is like yeah sure <laughs> you know like he's not challenge accepted yeah challenge accepted because Gabe thinks of this as just like a phone. You know, people are like, would you, who would sign up for this and have their emotions sent or have people understand their emotions or even look at that, that information themselves? I could see some people, they're like, I don't want to know technically how scared I was. I don't want that ranked or how frightened I was or what emotional highs I had at what specific moments in the game. And Gabe said, hey, people use phones. No one's making them use phones, but they go and buy these things. Right. You know, so he's, he that, kind of equated it potentially to that. That's kind of what I was thinking is like, think about Seinfeld, right? Like, 80% of the plots in Seinfeld would be solved by a cell phone. <laughs> right. You know? Right. And, like, that's not that long ago, you know? Yeah. And, like, so to me, this kind of tech, it'll seem weird for five or six years, and then we'll all be using it. And, uh, like, I mean, it's going to happen. Like, brain-computer brain interface, like, something oh, like this yeah. will happen eventually. It's like, just, it's going to. The first iterations tend to, like, what happens is first iteration comes out people are curious uh people then think it is like goofy or something it gets dropped and then you wait another like decade before right. like the google glass stuff like right. it was like oh this is the future and i was like no people don't want to be in be worried at every single moment they're being recorded by people in every single spot and it's like yeah. mm, maybe we need to re like the, theoretically the approaches you know it was like just like the obviousness of it it was like mm, also they well just like goofy. cell phones in the 80s were this big you know like giant bricks and you needed a backpack for like the first ones you know and it's just like I, I, yeah i forget who coined it but it's the the term or whatever i'm forgetting it but basically when a new invention a new significant invention happens it's usually 30 years before it actually has its practical application in society where it's become widespread and how it's going to actually impact society is understood. So if this is kind of new cutting edge technology, you're probably a few decades off from it becoming like what it's going to be. I do think that there's a, um, I think it's a logarithmic kind of thing. Like it's, it's, it's exponential though. Like technology is going faster and faster, you know? So like, if, if whenever that quote was quoth, mm -hmm. you know, if that was said in the 80s, you know, now maybe it's 15 instead of 30 or something. Well, it's but, going so yeah. fast. Uh, Gabe said that that's actually why they haven't really made a concrete model yet, because he's like, it would take about six months to, like, finally realize it and build it and then manufacture enough of them so we could get out to everybody. He's like, I guarantee you in that six months, we'd look back and be like, why did we build this dumb thing? Because now mm -hmm. the tech we have now is so much better. He's like, so it's hard to, like, freeze frame. The development we've made to you know be confident enough so it might be a while before they build one of these things but i mean that's why we need amorphous nano machines you right, know? right 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 well all, yes, yeah, all of that technology will help future. all this stuff gray goo baby gray goo yes <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm thinking about 
Diamond Age. Twitch integration. So what if I can hook this machine up to my head, and those numbers can be seen by my viewers as well? So it becomes this whole thing in the horror game community, where it's like, how scared were you, really? You know, if like somebody's like, oh well, I played, I played, you know, that game, and I wasn't scared. You know, it's like, prove it. You know, put the sensor on. (laughs) You know, stream it. There are heart rate games right now, Joe. Yeah, I hear Ninja went to a nine point five. On the scare meter. That's all I'm saying. Wow. How about? I mean, I, I, I'll take yeah. you one. Yeah, I'll take you one step further. Emotion manipulation via chat commands. I was say, yeah, that's where we're going. It's mm. like I can't wait to have all chat's thoughts in my heads and stuff while right? I'm playing the game and stuff. To like, you know, all those wonderful yeah. people in chat, right. yeah. <laughs> and oh, vice versa. So weird. <laughs> it's be... Imagine a hype train that actually makes you feel better. I'm just saying. I'm just oh pointing these God. things out. <laughs> That this might be... I can't even get a, like a, a sly grin out of Bloodworth. That's Bloodworth. Right. not this is perfect. <laughs> now I can have things. Dragon Ball happen in real life. I can have yes. everyone send me yes. their spirit energy so I can do a real spirit bomb in a game. You gotta send me all your positive thoughts. I gotta feel it. <sighs> I can't wait. But I mean, if we can tell people, you know, Half-Life Alex is one of the best video games we've ever played in our lives. And they're like, nah, I don't know. It's pretty expensive. <laughs> you know, it's like if you literally say, like, you could be happy every moment of your life as long as you're near your computer. It's like... I just don't see this catching on from a consumer standpoint. I could see top streamers maybe buying in, or I could see like a Google Glass situation happening where, you know, a bunch of people randomly get it and they they're amused by it. But mass market, I don't know, could be a while. My, my friend just not randomly buying. dropped in our group chat and just said, "Oh my god, an Elden Ring trailer just dropped." And then I was like, "Wait, are you fucking serious? I'm on a podcast right now. Link it to me." And he was like, "Just kidding." And I was like, "God oh. damn it!" <laughs> well. Now you be had your thing on. That's yeah, you right. Been told they were it's messing right. with you. That's the old. That's the old way that you would emotionally yeah. manipulate people. Now we can just let the computers do it ourselves. <laughs> what kind of, what kind of a friend does something? Ian, you don't deserve that. He's he's great. <laughs> also this week, uh, the Terminator and Sarah Connor, Sarah Connor are now in Fortnite. And you know what? From my perspective, Sarah wins, man. The Terminator's like, yeah, it's Terminator, but Sarah Connor in that game? She looks fantastic. Looks really, really cool. cool. And when I heard somebody like data mined it, and they were like, oh, Terminator's next, and uh, didn't know Sarah Connor was going to be in there. That was a smart, smart play. Man. Is it the Linda Hamilton Sarah mm-hmm. Connor? She's got the, the oh, goggles cool. on and the, you know, Very standard. Cool. Yeah. Um, I love when she shoots that gun at T2. <laughs> Her whole body shakes. Yeah. Like, yeah! Linda Hamilton, mess up those windows. Uh, 408 Kickstarter campaigns raised $23 million in 2020, the highest number of games since 2014. So, nice. Um, again, lots of people looking to spend video game money on video games this past year. Dead by Daylight is adding a colorblind mode. Yay! After mm-hmm. making negative comments about accessibility issues. <laughs> so, that's <laughs> like a silver lining in like the raw definition of the term. When it's like, something good came out of it from a, ga- from a, da- a game that we like. Um, but uh, yeah. it is sad how how often positive change has to come out of something yeah. like that. Like, gotta throw some shame around. Just get some good some good up- updates. The esports integrity commission is cracking down on Counter Strike players for illegal betting. Well, they're just gonna go to Robin Hood and you know just like drive down. <laughs> 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 esports. They're gonna buy the esports. That's legal betting. With like sixty I'm... esports. If Robin Hood says that you can't sell your, st- you can't buy more stock until tomorrow, so these other people can make money, and you can't. That's legal. But the, what the Counter Strike players are doing, no way. Uh, Bio Mutant. Bio Mutant. Oh yeah. Got a release date out of nowhere, May 25th. Yeah, there was no, like, direct or something I missed, right, Blood? They just t- tweeted, hey, what's up? <laughs> what are you um, doing May 25th? 
Yeah, I got an email, but I'm not out. sure if there's anything else about it. Yeah. PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Don't know if that's going to be. Um, I will definitely be playing that. The PS4 version on my PS5. Uh, Returnal, the PS5 exclusive from Housemark, is delayed to April 30th from Mar- March 19th. This is a couple weeks. But they pushed that back a bit. Uh, a little bit further, the Gollum game from Datalik Entertainment has been delayed to 2022. So that's weird. Gollum is in Smeagol? Yeah. yeah. As in totally I brand new looking weird design. Oh, yeah. not a, How have I not heard of this? The game? first Lord of the Rings. There hasn't really been a lot of news. This first yeah. Lord of the Rings thing that I, I don't believe has any connection to the Jackson verse. So that is just its own. Yeah, that's what was funny as me too, Ian, because I, was, I, I saw Donald. that news and I'm like, did they just announce this? And then I'm like, no, it was announced like a year or two ago, apparently. <laughs> I just forgot. The Uncharted movie has been delayed to February of 2022. Um,. The JR Yumasaki train line in Osaka now runs a Super Nintendo World car. Yay! Too bad you can't go yeah, there yet. Yeah, it's not open yet. Oh, <laughs> should we Fun still, car, though. Should we still paint the train? Uh, yeah, paint the yeah. train. It's probably because of the marketing, because they were originally getting ramped up for that February yeah. opening, and that got delayed, definitely. Yeah. Can I... Can I just say I love themed train cars? In mm. Chicago, they would do a Christmas. They'd do the mm. Santa car. Mm. And, and the whole train, I think one whole train would be decked out Ugh, jolly as hell, man. I think the Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man PS4 game, I think, had a subway campaign in New York. And uh, didn't, like, PlayStation buy, like, London subway signs? Because the London Circle is, like, the PlayStation Circle. So they were, like, there was a London X and a London Triangle. They they, they, they bought up all the shapes. Um, Marketing's fun. Tencent bought a stake in Don't Nod. And Huber is mm. very excited about this news. Huber was <laughs> not um, excited about it. Yeah. Of course, Life is Strange, but most recently, tell me why. Um, and uh, Clay Entertainment, uh, Tencent also bought a little bit, uh, a, a minority stake in Don't Nod, but a majority stake in Clay Entertainment, who did Don't Starve. <laughs> um, Full Circle, based in Vancouver, is now a company that exists, and they're the ones that are going to be developing Skate 4, according to EA, which makes Bloodward think that that's going to be a while. Before we yeah, see yeah. Skate I mean, they're they're starting to hire people <laughs> which is what they said in that in that video it was like two dudes and they were like this is a long way off but yeah uh the scavenger studio who you might not remember but you might remember season uh which was a trailer i almost oh, mentioned God. when we talked about the best trailers of last year uh they suspect yeah great game bad co-founder creative director uh, simon darvo was suspended by the team uh and they are oh, got suspended going now. through yeah uh, yeah after the That's article good. They're kind of doing yeah. a big, big examination of that. Uh, I think, believe the second in command also just stepped away from the company temporarily while they're examining all of the stuff. Who, who led to, um, who emboldened that guy to be a jackass? Uh, Tesla's new Series S Arcade will have ten teraflops of gaming performance. So unnecessary. <laughs> what? <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken's making a console. Tesla will let you drive a console. It's a new gen, baby. What gen? When I go to Wikipedia and look up the gen that the Tesla Series S Arcade is in, what is it? How is that? Yeah, is that Gen Eight? <laughs> yeah. we got Stadia. Like we making got sure that nobody that owns a Tesla Switch. like parks anywhere except in a covered garage. Like, come on. Yeah, but like, wait, that screen is in the front. Like, even if it's like your kid in the passenger seat or something playing a game on know. your co- like, can you play while you're driving? This no. seems no. so unsafe. I thought that yeah, front screens can't be used for anything other than obviously not. So but I mean, who knows who's using? What I think screen there's another screen what? behind the, the the driver. Maybe I don't. I don't have a Tesla. They're all gonna go self-driving. They're just getting ready. I have a Polestar. Yo, can, can we get a review copy Tesla? <laughs> 
<laughs> we should ask. <laughs> see, we don't have see. Yeah. We don't have the, gu- the gumption for something like that. Uh, Legendary and Netflix are developing a Tomb Raider animated series. Um, lots and lots right. and lots of animated series. You guys make a YouTube channel just reviewing video game animated series at this point. Roger Craig Smith, after 10 years in the role, will no longer be voicing Sonic the Hedgehog. We don't know why exactly. He just said that on Twitter. He was like, it's been an honor, everybody. Thanks. Um, and uh, speaking of shout-outs to voice actors, Je- uh, Jeanette Mouse, who, or Moss, who voiced the witches in Resident Evil Village, a, a performance we haven't really seen the breadth of, among other characters, passed away this past weekend. Apparently she had been yeah. uh, combating cancer for a while. And Ian, you shared that there was a GoFundMe set up for her, um, obviously for her medical bills, and obviously those are still ongoing because uh, that stuff has a tendency to not go away. And so that GoFundMe is now being uh, repurposed to help um, her family, and obviously to all of her family and loved ones. Yeah. I think just um, one of the witches. That is unfortunate. One of the witches, yes, and she yeah. also did other characters. But um, shout out, and I cannot wait, cannot wait for that game. So definitely a performance I'm looking forward to. It is time for Love and Respect. Love and Respect. This one's mostly for you, flat. Ian. It's fine. Do you want to, you want to take it back? Do you want me to do any, any, you want to do go. any pitch modification there? Throw it through Melodyne, will you? Yeah. <laughs> from Cody Spencer, I have recently been going through all the Fiasco Nuts episodes from the beginning, and I'm loving all of it, and I'd love to see Don on the show. So thank you, Ian, for the great show. Boy, we've tried that, right? We have not to. Yeah, I have. Oh, have I tried. He He's just not comfortable with that kind of thing. And I, I barely got Don into the personal pick stream, man. Yeah. Dude, Don, yeah, Don. <laughs> is it? I wonder if there's he like, doesn't believe in himself or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, I keep ha- I've told him so many times over the year. I'm like, Don, literally everyone loves you. I don't think the money was would make the difference. I wonder if we could literally just roll up an arcade cabinet to his door and be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. be like, here's discs of Tron. <laughs> and it could just be in the background, like, well, he's on it. We can do. We'll do a fiasco that's about arcade games. You can be the proprietor of an arcade. We can write your dialogue ahead of time. All machines you could want. So thank you, Ian, for the great show. In honor of fiasco nuts, I made a game. I've got a list of characters from the show, and you tell me which ally that character belongs to. Bonus points if you can name the episode. To keep it fair, Ian has to guess last. So yeah, you, you okay. blood. You've you've been on one or two. You've been on a handful. One. Damiani, have you been a fiasco Did you enjoy it? I don't want to yeah. make you be on more if you don't want to be. I mean, it was yeah, it was it was fine. I'm more terrified of. What I hear about some of these other episodes. <laughs> uh, we, we went a little fa- loosey-goosey in the most for, recent one. For those unfamiliar, Fiasco Nuts is another show that we, Easy Alice, produces. You can find it on our YouTube channel. It is based on the game Fiasco, which is a uh, improv dice game. It's a game where you roll dice to determine the rules of an improv game that you attempt to recreate like a film. Um, and like uh, you put Brothers together yeah, you put together scenes and uh, number one improv podcast in Latvia, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I definitely would be more podcast. comfortable you, when we're, we're back in the studio. Some, there's a Latvian in his car listening to this this game and just screaming these answers. Shout out, dude! Shout out! All right. Uh, so the easiest thing is again, play with Damiani. If you've never not that familiar with Fiasco Nuts, which of the allies would have thought up this wacky name? Number one, Professor Feathers. Who is Professor Feathers? Brad. What? You got it? What What? What about Brad said Professor oh. Feathers to you? I don't. You nailed it. Just somehow it worked. He's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. So all, these are all allies, actual That allies, was from Tournament guests. Arc. I believe that was our anime. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, yeah. Yeah, I think so. 
Or the JoJo one where we had JoJo powers? Uh, Dick D.D. D. Donaldson Richards. <laughs> oh, I love that name. So Dick Richards, but D.D. D. I guess Donaldson Richards, I guess. That might two, Is that Brandon? Is that you? That was me. That was from <laughs> Harvest <laughs> Festival. I thought that was you, yeah. Dick D.D. D. Donaldson Richards. <laughs> Joanne St. John's. Ian. Blood, what is ha- Did you look up this document? <laughs> did I yeah. do the list of this document? <laughs> what? I remember doing that one, yeah. Uh, that, was, that was Ian from Harvest Festival. All right. I'm, all, I'm only asking blood at this point. <laughs> Clive Jackal. Huber. <laughs> I mean, uh, that one, that one uh, is. That one's yeah, very That yeah. one's pretty close. Jackal. That one's very Huber. That was from Camp Death Part 1. So if any of you go out and seek out Fiasco Nuts and you check out Camp Death, don't miss Camp Death Part 2. Camp Death Part 1 and 2 are both pretty great. Ogby Johan. Or Johan, maybe. Ogby Kyle. Johan. <laughs> I can't, I'm done. This is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. Bloodworth. Blood wrote this question, obviously. Do you watch the show, Bloodworth? Five I have five. Not. Five, five. <laughs> he can go to the Love and Respect post on Patreon. He could have gamed this. This is just like stocks, man. We're getting short sold. I love how yeah. like, right I have not. <laughs> oh, oh, well, if you have not, uh, that was from Fiasco at the Zoo. Copper Fudge. Copper Fudge. I mean, I feel like Ben's the only one left. Doesn't have to be how these might go. Have been Jones, but Ian got that one for a change. That yeah. was me oh. from, th- from mm. the Pen Show. I believe Amanda uh, was on that one as well. Um, Steve the Mac Boston. <laughs> Steve the Mac Boston. Brad. Damiani, you gonna? Uh, You're wrong, Bloodworth. No. <laughs> uh, Steve the Mac Boston. Steve the Mac Boston. Uh, ben? That was Ben. Nice. <laughs> that was written in a, It's a Long Way to Tipperary. I believe uh, I was in that one as well. Um, Vern Chester. Kyle. Blood, that was you. (laughs) Oh. This is a bit. I'm out of (laughs) here. Come on. (laughs) You got five in a row, but didn't get the one that he did. That was for business casual. Oh, that was amazing. Thank you. And finally, Crackles McDuff. Oh. Crackles being a nickname. Crackles in quotes. Crackles McDuff. McDuff. This is an oldie, I think. This I was not on this one, and I think this was not a while that ago. Old. This is was one of those when I'm like, what about that one? You're like, oh, we've already done that. Huber, maybe? Crackles McDuff. Do you remember it? I think it was me. That was you. That was from uh-huh. Town and Gown. I was like a hacker. There we go. Prefer to be known as a hacker. As a hacker. <laughs> I guess that was technically a game. I want to play another game. I loved it. Uh, this is from Andres Newcomb. What video game is more Goaty Awards? This seems timely. Uh, I went to GameAwards.net, very trusted source for the total <laughs> numbers of Game Awards, a wiki-like website where people from all over the world list all Goaty Award winners, even if it's from the smallest magazines, streamers, or content creators. Why, that's us. Usually including the, uh, also including the reader's choice, if they have such a category. Jeez. Can the panel guess which game won more Goaty Awards? Love and respect. Cheers from Spain. Andres, obviously. Ever? All of the, just, to, yeah, so the one game, how many awards one, they won that I know year. which game has won the most. As of this year. (laughs) 
we'll get to actually I, I was going to add that to also this week but we can maybe get into that now it turns out our number one is um uh well the witcher 3 wild hunt or the last of us last the of us beat it by one yeah um Last of Us Two, I think. Last of Us Two is the most awarded game ever. Yeah. yeah. But Witcher Three, Wild Hunt, the was first Last of Us, 2015 oh, yeah. versus 2013. Who got more goaties? Witcher Three. Yeah. Witcher Three did six yeah. more specifically. Witcher Three, Wild Hunt got 260 goaties, and The Last of Us got 254. Almost, almost made it. And Last of Us Two got like 261 or something. Because I, I knew that because it beat Witcher Three. Who got more goaties? Resident Evil Two or Death Stranding? Which Resident Evil 2? I don't know. He does not specify. I think it's Death Stranding, actually. I think it's Death Stranding. I guess it's Death Stranding. 102 to Resident Evil 2's 84. I imagine the remake would probably have more odds of getting Game remake than the original, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Half-Life 2 or Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater? Who got more goaties? Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Wow. This is a console game? I think Half-Life 2 was... Yeah, I don't know. This is You see it right here. This is why Half-Life 2 is making it into the Hall of Greats, man. Nobody trusts it. How many How many goaties did Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake get? Two. Half-Life oh. 2 got 21 goaties. Wow, okay. Oh, you know what? When that game first came out, it was definitely like a Dark Horse kind of thing. Like it OG took the re-release for more yeah. people to like it. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I, the reason I went with what I did, Jones, was because I thought that time period... PC games didn't get as fair of a shake. They get as much coverage as console games. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Just, it was just us. We just, were the ones that weren't paying attention. Just add some spice. Yeah. Uh, God of War 2016 or The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild? Wait, God of War. Who got more Cody? 2016? 2016, yeah. The last. Yeah, this is. This feels like oh, yeah. it's leading. This is. Wait, 2016? 2018. Was it 18? I guess so, yeah. Sorry, he wrote yeah. it. God of War 2018. I'm like, what the point? I'm like, what I was like, was my, is my time wrong? I was like, wait <laughs> yeah. a second. Who it's am I? Doom 2016. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So most awards, uh, I would guess Breath of the Wild. I would guess Breath of the Wild. Because it was winning everything in the big awards, but who knows what smaller sites gave it. Tis true. Uh, not by a huge margin. Uh, 224 awards to God of War's 209. Uh... Battlefield 1 or The Last Guardian? Uh, Battlefield 1, I think, but that's a weird one. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I'll go Battlefield 1. By 1, 18 to 17. Uh, Fallout 4 or Bloodborne? Of course it's Fallout 4 because this is a troll. It better be Bloodborne or I'll turn this podcast around. Bloodborne got half, man. 62 to 32. Wow. I know. I know. Feels bad. That's not half. It's slightly more than half. Well, yeah, but it's close, man. (laughs) It's salt. (laughs) Uh, Mass Effect 2 or Red Dead Redemption? Mass Effect 2. Oh, Mass Effect. Look at your dumb smile. We snubbed it. I haven't even Dang. played Mass Effect 2, so I don't even know. Not Mass the first Red Dead Redemption. Won, uh, you weren't around to snub that. Mass Effect 2 won our, like, oh, the Game Trailers Red game Dead of the year, won? I thought. Did oh, it? It didn't. I, I, think that was, I think that was the same year as Mass Effect 2. I think Mass Effect 2, like, swept. Yeah, yeah. Mass Effect 2 destroyed everything, but... So I'll, I'll go Mass Effect 2, then. And, you know, um, Red Dead, 111 to Mass Effect 2's 101. But they still won a, a bunch. Close. I was thinking Red Dead 2. Here's another close one. Super Mario Galaxy or Bioshock? Shit. <sighs> Uh, Galaxy. 
I'm gonna say Bioshock. People love that Bioshock. They do. Yeah. Oh, I want to say Galaxy. I'll stick you by did Galaxy. Say Galaxy. Yeah, Bioshock by two. 47-45. Well, three um, All-Stars could remedy. No, okay. Galaxy <laughs> was one of those those years, kind of like this year, where like basically, like everybody walked in the room and was like, "Yeah, it's Galaxy." <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I remember that vote being quick. Um, because I think we talk about trailer and then do Goaty. So I always came in for like the last three or four conversations for every game trailers Goaty conversation. I was like, oh. unless it was like action adventure or something, I felt like going in on. Uh, and finally, Pokemon Go or Yakuza Zero. Pokemon Go or Yakuza Zero. Who got more Goaties? Oh, and again, Pokemon. these are outlets, so you're your Pokemon mobile outlet, Go? probably. I'll probably go with Pokemon Go. Sure. All the Pokemon, mobile Go awards. Is, yeah. Pokemon Go got three goaties. Yakuza Zero got one. Shout oh, out! No. Shout out to that one Indian website that gave it to Yakuza. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Feels good. From Gondheezy, hey allies, when Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition first came out last year, I was extremely excited and kind of binged too much of it, playing almost 30 hours in two weeks. I sort of burnt myself out on it and set it aside. Yesterday, I remembered that I still had that game sitting on my shelf and I plugged it in to continue. As could be expected, I've forgotten how the entire thing works. I don't know what any of the stats or armor or weapons mean, what gems or crystals do, or even how combat works. My question for you all is, has this ever happened to you? Have you ever tried to come back to a complex RPG after several months oh, yeah. and found you've mm -hmm. forgotten everything? If so, what did you do to get back into the zone? Love and respect, Nirav. Wasn't even an RPG. It was Metroid Prime 2 Echoes, and I didn't get back into it. I dropped it. You Same said that was Spider-Man, right? Spider-Man, yeah. yeah. Uh, I tried to play the DLC, couldn't remember how to fight, and just stopped. <laughs> um yeah i can't think of a specific game but it's definitely it's definitely the fear of like yes yeah, if, if i put something down for too long like i don't know what i'm gonna be doing but i feel i do feel like when i have picked them back up it actually was not as bad as i was afraid of usually i i somehow managed to sort it out but it, yeah other... it, it can be rough the one that's almost worse than mechanics is uh, story, especially oh, yeah. in like like in the old days with a game like Suikoden or something, like those old RPGs. If you you boot it up and you're just like standing in the middle of a field and you're like, what even was I doing? <laughs> like, what is this game? You know, I'm yeah. worried about that with Thirteen Sentinels where I'm just gonna be like, who's this kid? Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, I just stopped because I didn't have a console to play it on because I took it back into the office because I was going to be moving and I knew other people would need it. But when I finally booted Half-Life Alex back up again, I was just in a room and I was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? And it was one of those, like, scan through the wall thingies where I had to find the power thing. And so oh, I was just like, I forgot about that whole dynamic. I'm, like, pulling guns out. I'm like, oh, right, I got this tool. I totally forgot about this <laughs> thing that I can, like, look through the wall. Man, those are some of the highlights of that game. Those were really fun. Just track those suckers. I love when they, like, bring you into creepy places. They're like, oh, the light goes into here, and you just lift up something, and it's like, <laughs> there's some kind of plant monster or something on the other side. Uh, Alexander Zirianoff with a deep one for us this week. When it comes to accessibility to newcomers, video games do a lot, up to explaining how to move your character and how health is working. However, there's an important aspect that games don't talk about, and that's the language of video games. Of course, not understanding the art form's language is a problem for any type of art, but in video games, it's much more important, since you are an active participant. You can watch and enjoy anime even if you don't don't know what each hair color means. Excuse me. However, 
you will have problems playing a game if you don't know the visual difference between climbable and non-climbable rocks, or that walls with cracks can be blown up, or simply that after a cutscene, you should go forward. Yes, things aren't that complicated and can be learned pretty quickly, but still, you need to commit to learning them before you can accurately assess whether video games are for you or not. And since it's hard to commit to learning anything you may not end up liking, people will probably just try to play some game they heard about, quickly get stuck, and decide that video games are too complicated for them. Do you think that there is a way to make video games more approachable for newcomers in terms of explaining video games language? Language of games. Fun talking to Corey Barlog, and he illuminated a lot of the stuff that they did for for God of War. And he was like, right. <laughs> whenever you see something lit up, that's where the game yeah. developers like, go. <laughs> and it's, so it makes me want, like, when people have this, bring this up, makes me think about when Nintendo does what it does with its design philosophies, like glowing weak spots. And we love to say that's why they're so easy, but it's an average person. Like, here is a glowing red thing that's grabbing your attention. Maybe you should do something with this. It's uh, right. Yeah, I wonder if Nintendo or other companies who do games like that have figured that out, that it's in their best interest to make things as obvious because not everyone is a seasoned veteran. Sorry, I thought this question was going to be about vernacular, like fighting games, when people try to watch a fighting game. Like, what the hell is a mix-up? What the hell is, like, what's a tech... Technical, yeah. like what? Yeah. Like that's a real thing too, as well. My favorite term outside of a genre that I usually am like that familiar with is punish. When uh, Ben would talk about Hearthstone, he'd be like, "Oh, okay," and they made a mistake there, so we punish. <laughs> so <I love laughs> so we punish <laughs> just nonchalantly. Yeah, it's a good, pun- it's good, good punishment opportunity. Um, the, yeah, it's it's tricky because I've definitely fought bosses where I'm like, "Oh God, that weak point is so obvious; it just kind of breaks the illusion." And then I've also fought bosses where it's like, "The hell am I supposed to do?" <laughs> you know, so it's like, right. yeah, that's a very fine line. Well, and it's not just like climbable objects or like shiny ladders and weak spots. It's like there there are times where I've tried to show video games to to a person who hasn't really played them, and there are things that I just take for granted mm-hmm. that they have no like experience and they don't have, have any clue how to do it like i had a girlfriend i introduced to games one time and it was a 3d game i don't remember which and like could not do camera and move at the same time because mm. she just never done it right right and uh that's something i hadn't even thought about because for me it's it is just a little like, bit patting your head second nature your chest, yeah yeah but it, it's just that was the first time i was like oh yeah that is actually kind of weird like to just do like that that isn't something that you can just like pick up immediately you know so there's all kinds of stuff in games that, like this, I think, that we wouldn't even think about that aren't aren't even things as obvious as weak spots. So, so like, maybe why, like, mobile games, like simpler yeah. games, do so well. Right. Or games that relate to more, yeah, like, everyday activity stuff that just incorporates it, you know. That's it's not to say that people can't, yeah. like, that that girlfriend couldn't have done it, you know, it's just like... It's a brand new experience, you know? Yeah. you got to be like, oh, wait, okay. I right. think it's why it speaks to why one is so oversaturated because you want to get people at entry level. And the goal is, like, hook them in and, like, bring, you know, you want people to play more complicated games. Uh, but everyone's... It, it's... Okay, so playing Final Fantasy XIV, this is a thing, like, a, a message that says a lot, how you treat new players in the game. It's that everyone started as a newcomer at some point. So it's always best to try and put yourself in the mindset, no matter how seasoned you are, that if a player is having trouble with something, like, try and remember when you first played this game. How complicated, how crazy things seemed, and try and explain things in terms that, like, aren't intimidating, that that, that are easily digestible, to, you know, to encourage them and nourish them and, you know, don't scare them away from, you know, this game. And I, I feel like that is... 
that's something you know it, it, it's interesting because like even stuff we think is innocuous when we're talking about games might seem you know to an outsider intimidating so I wonder, like, yeah. you know, I guess it's something that definitely have, like, more people who are the ones who are trying to jump in that are new, getting their perspective more. I think that's why a lot of these the, the studios probably put so much, you know, on focus groups. I know we always, like, make fun of focus groups for coming up with, like, ter- terrible committee by design stuff. But at the same time, in terms of gameplay design and gameplay mechanics, they, there might be something there that it's like an average person will not understand this mechanic mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. The, the trick is, Damiani, sometimes it goes earlier than I remember learning stuff. It's like, I don't remember the other side of that. That's just something I think my brain always yeah. just understood. Two crazy examples. I remember we got an email keyboard from my grandma. And we were like, it's just going to plug into your TV. It's always going to be on this input. And then all you got to do is just turn on this keyboard. And then you'll be able to use your TV to just, like, send emails and stuff. And I was, I told my mom, I was like, this is a long shot that she's going to get this. And she didn't pick it up, but the moment where it broke down, which really surprised me, was teaching my grandmother the idea of pages. That I'm like, if you click on this thing, you're going to another page. She was like, what? And it's like, imagine you're reading a newspaper, but on the first page of that newspaper, you could just push a button and it'll jump you to page 52. And then you could just look at that page. She was like, I don't get it. And I was like, damn. I'm like, there's got to be a way I can can get you to understand this. Or maybe not. You know, like, I don't know. I, I, Mm -hmm. I really like, I walked out of her house that day, like, I failed. You know, like I, like, I really thought this is the concept. Maybe that she wouldn't. She'd be like, I don't want this stupid keyboard. Like, I get that. But I was like, I really thought that was something I could I could get you to understand. And my father-in-law, I showed him Portal because he loved puzzle games. And I was like, all right, the, the later physics, we have to, like, really bounce and stuff. Like, that might be too fr- stressful for him. But, like, the first, like, eight puzzles, I think he'll really enjoy. And I remember him looking in one direction, then turning around and doing a 360 back to the point he was first looking. And he was like, what's this hallway? And I'm like, this is where you were going. And he was like, I can't tell. And I'm like, really? Like, he was like, I can't, yeah. yeah. If I do a 360, I don't know I did a 360. And it's like, wow, that's something I totally take for granted in, like, it's easily, it's easy for me and, you know, like the water temple in Zelda 64 to be like, where the hell was I going? But just, you know, to like be in a hallway and know the difference between like forward, backward, like yeah, I've seen a lot of people with that, like yeah. path, pathing and like remembering uh, physical locations in games is really hard for people. Yeah, I remember Doom was really tough for, for people mm-hmm. back then. Yeah, you think to like the original Super Mario Brothers, you can only go right and you cannot go backwards. So it's like the communicating player, you must always go right to keep progressing. And you know, I'd probably, yeah, like I think 3D games. I, I remember trying to play Super Mario 64 for the first time. Like, movement in 3D was mm-hmm. just so weird to me. Couldn't run in a straight line to save my life in that game. It, it, it's, it, it, it's every, yeah, I just have to keep reminding myself that everyone starts at some point and, you know, just, like, encourage them and just remember how frustrating it was for you when there was no one to explain it to you in the first place. And yeah. now you can, like, explain this stuff to somebody because the more people who get into games... Uh, I think the the better it is. It's nice to have it be so mainstream now. When you know, growing up in the '90s, it wasn't it wasn't the mainstream cool thing. <laughs> Max Payne, shout out to Max Payne. I remember being like, "You wait, what am I doing?" It's like you're running and shooting a guy. <laughs> like you're in third person, you're moving him, and you're moving the camera, which is also the gun, to aim and shoot a person, and the bullets will go. I was like, "What?" You know, like I I was horrible at that. You know, like I remember Aunt Oni. Which is Bungie actually on the PS2. Yeah. It was like the first one that had some weird kind of golden eye cockamamie, like, here's how we're gonna do, you know, third person action. And then Max Payne was like, How about you just point at the thing? And I was like, Wow, I gotta get good at this. And that was nuts. 
I had Oni. <laughs> Shout out to Oni. It is time for bets. Next week's bet. Speaking of the, uh, an Oni successor, Control Ultimate Edition launches Ooh. on Tuesday, February 4th. You can run around and shoot stuff in that game. Uh, by the time we record the podcast on Thursday night next week, what position will it have on the Xbox Series X top games list? Going with Xbox Kazan, PS5 does not really have an equivalent of this. This is like popularity. This is something that we can't really... Yes, you look wonderful, Ian. Can we move on? <laughs> you got Super Mario Galaxy so here. pretty. The snow has come. It sparkles. Space. Uh, where's that going to be on that top games list? Um, so again, fourth. This is fourth, says Ian Hank. Damiani, what do you say? Eleventh. Eleventh. Oh, all right. Okay. I'm nervous we're all going to have the same number. Blood, what do you think? Eight. Oh. Right, right, right past Ian with five. But if it's number one, Ian takes that. We will see. No, that's not good. Uh, last week's bet, the, <laughs> the medium launched today. Uh, I want to know how long the end credits are. Thanks to Michael Huber. I know. Um, Ian bet six minutes. Ben Moore also bet six minutes. Right on the nose, Mark the two the of them. And remember when I said that was a good thing? Daniel Bloodworth bet eight, bet eight minutes, 17 seconds. I bet two minutes, 40 seconds. It's five minutes, 45 seconds. Oh, my gosh. Giving Woo! both Ian and Ben the win, and therefore two <laughs> points in one week. <laughs> and Ian was like, well, that's bad, isn't it? And I was like, no, Ian, you're going to win that. God. We, we did it. <laughs> And, and, and Hubert messaged me, it's like 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, we won. Great. Wow, that's some really long credits. And then like, he just, I mistyped or something. I was like, oh, you got my hopes up. He <laughs> sent me the video and I checked it. Like, you? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even correct himself. <laughs> oh, boy. Bringing those scores to Jovial Penguins 3. <laughs> I forgot I to get yeah, in space. <laughs> I'll get you, Batman. <laughs> I'll get you, Batman. Wow, pinch the tushy or it, whatever. Yeah, I get some animated series quotes. Checks out. Oh, yeah. Vociferous Beavers won. Nom, 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 nom. Yeah, we're down. But we're up on patreon.com slash easy allies. Yep. Things are looking good. Nice, nice cut there, Ian. Very quick. Um, <laughs> with the graphics. Uh, patreon.com slash easy allies is where you will want to go. When you want to learn, you'll wake up tomorrow morning and you'll be like, gosh darn it, I like that podcast. I want to learn more about those easy allies. Um, probably listening at home. Not a lot of people are doing lots of driving the other day. I almost drove. I almost took the, uh, the, the video down to our office, which we still have thanks to our patrons. And I was like, oh, I'm going to drive somewhere. And the blood's like, I'll drive that down for you, that file. If you want to upload that, I'll, I'll do that. And I was like, oh. I shot something in the office this week. You did? Mm -hmm. What? An unboxing of a certain something. Uh, and Ooh. some people have friends and relatives that are getting vaccinated. There might be a time, sometime, potentially, fingers crossed, in 2021. We are able to still keep that. And that is obviously not only that space, but our uh, storage, all of our equipment, all our costumes and stuff like that. There is a mysterious monster set waiting to be brought back into that main stage. God. Uh, <laughs> and th the reason we can even conceive of having that future, potentially this year or another year, is because of our wonderful patronage. A lot of people showing up every single month, thousands of them. Them to support us on Patreon. So it's a really wonderful community that you can potentially get involved with. Uh, you can go and check out the stuff exclusively that we put out on Patreon or just check out the vibe on that Patreon there. Leave comments on the stuff that we do. There's a, there, there's a post that goes out for this podcast. There are comments, people talking. Oh, some, some audio versions of some things that uh, mm -hmm. 
you can't get anywhere else in audio form like the deliberations this week yeah. all in three parts because we can only upload so so large of a file to patreon but and the, and uh, the q a which I'm, I'm probably gonna be doing tomorrow right Blaine? probably yeah. usually the day after that goes up on patreon.com slash easy eyes we have a shout out tier and we have some wonderful people at that shout out tier it's their last shout out of the month of january so thanks to all of these people shout out even uh, Ian, you're going first. I'm going after you. Blood, you're going after me. Damiana, you are going last after Bloodworth. Shout out to Caleb Togi Crawford, L. Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Stephen Thomason, and Nick. Shout, Shout out. out. Shout out. Shout out. Uh, you, you both won, I guess. Uh, you get to promote Whee! any Easy Allies video you'd like to promote. You get the final word on anything you disagreed with, want to reiterate, or just popped into your head. And you get to sign off with your trademark sign off. Who wants what? I want to promote a video. All right, Damian, you cool. want the other two? You get final word in the sign off? Sure. That was easy. Yes. Watch our Goatee Awards video. Oh, That's yeah. That's the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. And easy update. Do you have eight out. and a half hours to spare? <laughs> Go watch our <laughs> deliberations. But no, the awards video turned out really well. Um, we changed some things up, did a little bit differently this year. I've got ideas for next year, although I'm like on the fence of like, well, the way I did it this year, the way I went thinking about doing it, actually better. I don't know. But anyways. Uh, Do both, baby. That's what I think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Ian did a, a great, yeah, great, this great is, job. This is kind of the team right here of that video. We got Ian who cut yeah. it, the two of you you know, below who wrote it, and then me who did the VO. You know. I mean, everybody wrote it. Everybody yeah. wrote but, I mean, everybody you're the primary, wrote it. But I mean, the primary stuff. writers, you know, you, you handled a lot of those. Uh, mm. Uh, Damiani jumped in on a lot of those categories. Right, to hell with sure. you, Bloodworth. Ian, great but, cut. Great <laughs> cut. Great <laughs> cut. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And Jones got the last cut. word, everyone. <laughs> there you go. Well, you get the final word now. That was our video. What's your What's your final word and sign off, Michael Damiani? Uh, uh, thank you for all all your hard work, everyone who worked on the on the awards video. <laughs> You're all equally loved. Uh, yay, video games is my final word. Yay, exciting new stuff in the future. Can't wait to hook up stuff to my brain. It's going to be awesome. And uh, until next time, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. I want to gauge your nut meter because I am... Yo, can we get, can we get a review copy, Tesla? The Easy Allies would like to thank our Patreon podcast producers. We apologize in advance for all the ally names we are about to misspell and mispronounce. Caleb Togi Crawford, L. Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Stephen Thomason, Nick, Walker Hope, Will Schmuck, Sigma, Robert Stoffel, Zachary Wingate, Dave Red, Paolo Costabel, Discarded Digit, Ali Cat, Happy Gaming, Miguel Rivas, Valmar, Daniel Portillo, Jose Gutierrez, Alex AI, Rob Bob Will, Beaten Down Brian, Chum Nguyen, Roy Sung, Yasser Kurbushi, Bradley Spees, Hayden Hargraves, Nicholas Johnson, Sarah Lawson, Douglas Chomitz, Jay Shi, Alexander Rees, Jesse Blue, Black Lives Matter, G. Levin, Matthew Pauling, G. Ken, Gary James, The Banana Forklift Killer, Marcel Markov, Catherine Lai, Todd Yurkovic, Candy Coated Thorns, 
Hitman 47, Rack, Matthew Holcomb, Oni Blackmage, Jordan Kirk, James Vitt, Sam Hendrick, Robert Crouch, Luke Bennett, John Burns, Mango, Mark J. Betters II, Adam Henry, Brad Grenz, Eric Crone, Jan Tyson, Danny Vlar, Daniel Dupree, DRD7 of 14, Sabine T, Charles Anthony Iapacino, Samsa Stormbaum, Sage Mode Q, Stepan Hakobian, Ryan Anderson, Dale Sun, Kroldemort, Christopher Santis, Strikeout NZ, David Boyarski, Pete Shoemaker, Reed Johnson, Manuel Thomas, Michelle Nubb, Mikey Mizek Novak, Alex Monaco, Marco Hernandez, Daniel Wong, V. Kira Ray, Don Turner, Sebastian Urban, Eddie Reisner, Sebastian Trier, Adam Scherenbrock, Azazel Valkyrie, Junior Motomura, Ivan Ponce, Tuttle, Joshua Vanswall, Tense George, Colin Hoyleman, Barry, Cyberboa, Forrest, Eric Maynard, Chase Caldwell, Isun Chor, Leon Keys, Chris the Pianist, Ian Anderson, Philip Higdon, Nycrypt, Jai Aldiar, Robert I, C.S. Lewis, Ahmed Al Rashed, Bonnie and Jason Connor, Travis Miosi, Mike Calvi, Alex Glass, The Fatty Show, Danpan16, Wouter DeHaze, Malcolm Moshet, Not Jack, Mithers Strongbeard, Jana, Anthony Galvin, V8 Dave, Orogachino, Dakota Hayes, The Classiest Hobo, Misuki211, Matt Karwaski, Liam Ahern, Bunny Chen, Materia Addict, From the Void, Culinary Stud, Edison S. Prada Jr., Tim Mann, Crediar, Jesse Fish, Gabriel Aberg, Zahid Hosseini Karami, Lee Young, Alexander Zirianov, Morpheus, Christian Hundorf, Brian Foster, Sean Cornett, Linson Wu, Matthew Migler, Brandon White, Christophe Fatui, Michael Clendenan, Aurelien Grenier, Eric Gustafson, Trevor Thomas, Michael Kozachenko, Adam Lindsay, Corey Landega, Pablo Rodriguez, Ibrahim Sozer, Carl Williams, Gustav Strombaum, Volker Bach, Russell Bateman, Lindsay Wells, Jason I, Nefertiti Jenkins, Jesse Vitelli, Jonathan and Amy Alconis, Quinn Riley, JC3, Paul Nolson, Isaac Swanson, Jameson Lapine, Max His Shame Terman, Breadroll Art, Matt Ford, Joey Din, Splontot, Jordan Phillips, Ryan Wagner, Matthias Clare, Spencer Stevens, Jeffrey Murillo, Trizak, Matt Ferguson, Sam Sorensen, Vincent Foliat, Paul Sway, Michael Pliskin, Andy Marks, Tim Strothman, XWF Outlaw, Julius Garcia, Alex Lavanier, Ritz 1906, Joel Short, Dimitri Zetas, Mazrim Tame, Helen Y, Noah Weinstein, Travis Gakowski, Megadet, Sneaky Gato, W. Crusher, Lying Crown 19, Tom Masterman, ZK, Jose Carlos Madrigal, Mr. Anarchy, Thomas Blaze Fauchereau, Andreas Risberg, Dreams of Caffeine, Michael Bisegli, Matthew Holmes, Kodiak Bear 88, Lars Berger, Marcel Guru 17 Frolic, Erdny Kutnow, Megan McDonough, Glenn Olson, Corey Jackson, Natavia Ross, Allison Burt, Jesse Wilkison, Katie Garza, Jeffrey Ruchtenwald, Dan Sebring, Neil Bruce, Silent Consonant, Craig Happ, Travis Ng, Cody Westley, Jeremy Ferris, Clay Roberts, Super 3D Cow, Ahab, Mick Roper, Accounts Payable, Tristan Howard, John Gallagher, Willow Pingree, Mikhail Aniel, Blue, A Filthy Lot, Mike Hook One, Miguel, Delisi, 
Ethereal Ether, Mo Grant, Roy Eschke, Fishflop, David Wilson, Maverick Lee Back, David Wen, Tim O'Keefe, Harrison Holt McHale, Shut Up Victor, Blake Bonsack, Bryce Hornsby, Toasty Soul, Jethrin, Hadi Ali, Espen Gotchman, Chief Uhu, Brittany Fuller, Matthew T. Ryan, Luis Ibarra, Malianware, T-Beaks 15, Ulf himself, Bjornar Haraldsvik, Faraz Rizvi, Andrew Stoke, Michael Rebelato, Blue Water Blue Sky, RF Switch, Snake 24, James Davey, Molly Bittner, Jojo Dentko, Jake Musser, Damnable Nook, Eric Tobias.